0: last four rows should move to the front. There's a lot of room on this side, too. Everyone, move either to this side or to the very front. Oh, just kidding. Stay on this side, but move to the front. There's six chairs, I mean, 12 chairs up here, free. 12 people. Calling out baby.
1: <laughs> Sam, are you seeing just a single part? And then just the a second time would be just the echo part, and then the third time. Are we yeah. going to so go all the way from
2: the beginning? The first, guys' chorus, the girls' chorus, and then all first the way through together.
1: Okay. together. Oh, do you want any of us to take a certain part, or not?
2: morning hello
0: everyone awake morning (laughs) all right
2: why don't we all stand
0: let's
2: have a quick word of prayer heavenly father we just thank you for this uh, glorious day you've given us lord remind us of how great how awesome you are Lord, you are majestic beyond comparison. Lord, you created the earth and everything in it, everything in the universe, beyond our own galaxy, Lord, and yet you are a personal God. Lord, you care about each one of us, and Lord, as we come into your presence in praise and worship, Lord, stir up our hearts. Lord, lift up our spirits to worship you, and open up our ears to receive your message, Lord, and just... Speak to us, Lord, and show us uh, how close you want to draw near to us. I thank you for this time. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please remain standing. Thank you. time through when we get to the chorus everyone will just sing the main part on the left and then we'll go through and everyone will sing the uh the girls part and then when we go through it again we'll combine it together About how God uh, is so great so miraculous so mighty creator of everything Um, and yet at the same time he is a personal God he wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us and so these next two songs uh, talk about that and uh, really how he wants fellowship with us
0: Thank you.
3: Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for gathering us here. We thank you for bringing us from different parts of the world. And, and Father, we thank you that we're able to meet like this because of what you've accomplished on that cross for us. <coughs> Lord, um, the life that you've given to us I- is in each one of us, and that's what makes us common. That's what allows us to kno- gives us the right to know each other and gives us the right to be called your child. Father, we thank you so much for uh, bringing us here, uh, for calling us to to come before your throne, and what a privilege that is. And this morning, I pray, Father, that you would show to us in a very real, in a very personal way, who you are to us. I pray that you would help us to focus, help us to focus on you, uh, and not be distracted by other thoughts or other things. May you be glorified in our gathering this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. (coughs) So that little activity that we just did wasn't a very spectacular activity, but what I wanted you to do was really think about who God is. Was it difficult for you to make that drawing? Why did you draw what you drew? How did you know to draw that, or what made you think that God was whatever you drew, and is that really who you, w- what you believe God is, and mm-hmm. and when I was looking around, there were a lot of different pictures, which is great because God is, God is, great and He is awesome and He's our all in all. He's everything to us, right? So, <coughs> so this morning our topic is, who is God, and this is a. When I ask you this, you might think, well, what kind of a question is that? God is God. What do you mean, who is God? Is there any other God? God is just God, right? He's the guy up there, the big guy sitting up there. Well, let me take you through a couple of verses first (laughs) to see, to, to remind us so that we're all on the same page together of who God is, okay? So why don't we begin by turning to the very first verse in the entire Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to it. Okay, do we have a, all have our Bibles? It's an easy one to turn to. Genesis chapter one verse one. In my version, it says this: "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God is our creator. He created the heavens and the earth. Sometimes <coughs> we're so stuck in our, in our own little lives that we don't realize how awesome and how great the universe is. Tonight, if you get a chance look up at the stars, See how many stars you can count. And see if you can see the end, the ending point of whatever you're looking at up there, the universe. You can't because it's so huge. It's awesome. This afternoon, (coughs) when you're playing in the field, take a look. You'll see Mount Rainier. And it is huge. For those of you who are in Seattle, you'll know how awesome Mount Rainier is. For those of you who've never seen it before, it's awesome. And God created that. God made that. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. Okay, now let's look at a little bit farther down in that same chapter, verse 27. And it says, (coughs) And God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So he is not only the creator of the heavens and the earth, he's he's created us. He created mankind. He created everything that you see. He created the trees, the fish, the person sitting next to you, your pet dog. He created all of these things. He created everything. Okay, then let's look at chapter 2, verse 7. <coughs> this kind of puts us in our place. A lot of times we, we live through life and everything's about me, 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 me. I'm, I want this, I want that, I want to be happy. I want everything, and if I'm not happy, then, then I'm going to throw a fit. But this verse right here puts us in our place, okay? It says, Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So next time when we think that, you know, it's all about me, it's all about me, I want, I, you know, think of who God is compared to who we are. God made us from dust. The stuff that you you know wipe on the floor and it's dusty or its finger turns black, that's that's us. That's what we're made of. God is awesome and yet He made us out of He made us out of dust. <coughs> so these are just some verses to remind us of, of how great and how awesome God is. And there's no words that can describe it. There's nothing I mean you could look at things and say, Wow, that's awesome, but but God is even in, in infinite more times greater than what we can imagine. So now let's look at God from a different perspective. Okay, so now we know God is the creator of the universe, and a lot of you, that's what you drew. You drew God as a creator, God sitting way up on with a staff, a crown, and he's God, powerful, way up in the heavens. <coughs> now let's look at God from a different perspective. Let's turn to John chapter 3, and you guys are all very familiar with this verse. He's not only God the creator, but he is a God of love, right? And look at John chapter 3, and this is a verse that everyone's familiar with. It's chapter 3, verse 16, right? What does that say? Many of you can probably even memorize that. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And continuing on to verse 17, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. So think about this for a second. This is the creator of the world. Came into this world, sent his only Son into the world to die for the things that he made. And what were we made out of? Dust. You know, if I were to, I don't know if there's any way that we could really describe the, the, the awesomeness of, of this, of our salvation, of what God has done for us. You know, <coughs> if you were to take a little piece of paper, corner of your piece of paper like this, make it into a little man. If I made this, I looked at this piece of paper, it's not even dust, it's better than paper. Looked at it and and to die for this? To send your only son into the world to die for this? What kind of a person would do that? Right? You look at that and you'd think Ben's crazy for even saying that. Why would he die for this little thing that he created? He created a little man. Why would why would he die for this thing? That's that's stupid. Well, he's, he's crazy. That's how much God loves us. He's willing to come into this world to die on the cross for us. So God is not only the creator of the world, not only did he create the trees, he, he created us. And he's not only some person that sits up there looking down on us like, hey, yeah, I created that. And no, he, he loves us. Right? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God is a God of love. He's not just, <coughs> you know, some abstract person up in the skies that we can't reach, right? God is a God of love. He came into this world to die for, for this, for us. Right? The, in Genesis, it says, from man, he, he made out of dust. That's what who, who we are. And yet, God loved us so much that he was willing to die for us. The other thing that, that God tells us in his Bible is that, you know, in, it mentions it in Romans chapter 8, verse 35. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? That's, that's how much he loves us. Nothing can separate us from his love. He not only died on the cross for us, but He tells us, puts a seal of of love on us, and says, "That person I'm going to love, and that's final. Period. Nothing is going to separate me from from loving that person, from loving this. So this is this is who our God is. Now, when you think about, <coughs> you know, today our topic is who is God, and all the things that I just said there were things that you've heard of before, not anything new to you. For those of you who grew up in a Christian family, right, your parents told you that, your Sunday school t- teacher told you that, the, the old guy on the, on the pulpit on Sundays teaches you that, all of these things, right? All of these things you, and maybe, maybe that sort of constant years of pounding into our head of who God is, we kind of think, okay, that's who God is, and that's when you think of God, You just kind of limit him right you just say okay that's what god is because that's that's what i've been told that's what i've been taught that's what i've read about him okay but when we we really think of who god is who is he to you who is he if i asked you personally who is he to you how would you answer that would you would you draw the same drawing that you did would you on and honestly believe that that's who god is this is, <coughs> this is one of the most important things in our Christian life, is to, is to know who God is. If we don't know who God is, we don't r- care to know who God is, then why are we even here? Why do we even go to church? Why do we even pray? Why do we even sing songs? All right, so we really have to come before God and know who he is. So, <coughs> so to give you an example of, of knowing about people, let's take, for example, um, someone in history right so so jesus many of you may believe that jesus was an actual person and you believe in him but how do you do you know him do you know who he is so if you take someone in history let's say (coughs) you guys have all probably studied um u.s history right so let's take abraham lincoln if i said draw me a picture of abraham lincoln you'd think okay okay he was known to have like Marfan syndrome, so he'd draw a long face, big beard, he always had the big top hat. And then you'd start thinking, okay, that's what he looked like, then, wh- then what did he do? Okay, well, he was the 16th president, right? And then you immediately think, oh, he was, he was assassinated, right? Oh, who was the guy? John Wilkes Booth, right? And then, wh- and what was he famous for? The Emancipation Proclamation, Gettysburg Address. These are huge things, right? Abolishing slavery, and people, you know, labeled him as a martyr for freedom, right? So these are all things that are, that you know who Abraham Lincoln is, right? You know who he is. How did you know about him? Someone told you. Your teacher told you, and maybe you read about him in a history book, right? <coughs> but do you really know who he is? you know about him, but you don't know who he really is, right? Now think about your parents, or maybe your sibling, or maybe your best friend. If I asked you, who is who is your older, your, who, who is your dad? You could go, oh, my dad is blah, 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 blah. You could go on and on and on. My mom is this, this, that, and this and everything, and my little brother is annoying, but he's like, yeah, <laughs> he's this and all of that. It's easy for you to say that, right? Well, how do you know that? How do you know that about your parents? How do you know that about your siblings? Did you have to have someone tell you about them? Did you have to read about them in a book and say, yeah, so my little brother is this, this, that. This. You, you know him because you have a personal relationship with him, right? You don't have to have someone else come tell you that, hey, you know, uh, your brother is this and that. You know it because you live with him you talk with him you have a real relationship with him <coughs> now think about the difference between those two abraham lincoln we all know about right everyone knows really well our brother or our our parents or siblings we know really well but what's that difference right one you have a real living relationship with one you just know about right it's just some person in history and you in fact honestly believe that he, Abraham, there was a guy named Abraham Lincoln. He was the 16th president of the United States, and, and he did in fact do all of these things, right? But that doesn't mean that you <coughs> know really who he is. You just know about him. Now think of how you know God. Do you know God because someone told you about him? Because maybe you saw a picture of, of in the children's book of who Jesus is, sitting there with a lamb, with little kids running to him, with a staff and a little thing, and he's a shepherd. And you kind of, okay, I, I know who God is, because I saw a picture of what he looks like. Well, do you really know who God is? <coughs> yeah, I know Jesus died on the cross for us. He sent his only son into the world, died for me, um, because my Sunday school teacher told me that, or my parents tell me that, and I'm taught to pray. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for me. You know all these things. You know about Jesus. And you, in fact, maybe believe that there really was a Jesus and there is a God and that Jesus is the Son of God. And you know about him. But do you really know him? Do you really know who he is? Or is this just some sort of an image that that you've sort of put together from years and years of listening to someone tell you who he is? All right? So our God is a very personal God. God is dying. Well, he already died on the cross first, but he wants to, he wants you to know who he is. He wants to come into your life and he wants to have that personal relationship with you where you don't have to have someone else tell you who he is. He wants you to just know who he is by having that personal relationship with (laughs) <laughs> so when we talk about who God is today, we really want to know that God is a personal God. He's not a God that, that, that your Sunday school teacher has maybe pounded into your head. He's not a God who sits up there and is just looking down at us, shaking his head and going, Why did I create that guy? Why did I use dust? I should have just made him out of something else. Oh, I messed up. You know, he's not a God who's up there. He wants to be, r- he's right here, right next to you, right here in this room. One of the biggest problems with, with a lot of Christians today is that we know a, a lot about God, right? If I were to name some stories in the Bible, you probably would all know. If I asked you, well, where was Jesus born, you would all know. How did he die, you'd all know. What did he do between his birth and his death, you would all know. But do you really know that he's real? Do you really know that he's a personal God? Do you know that you can talk to him? Do you know that he's right now living in your heart? That's who the God, that's who God wants us to know who he is. A lot of times, you know, we <coughs> we're we taught so many things and, and, and it just fixes our image of who he is. And that's, we just say, we're satisfied. We're like, okay, yeah, I know who God is. Why do I need to why do I need to come to church anymore? I already know I already know who God is. Yeah, God died on the cross God sent his son to die on the cross when running. Isn't that all I need to know? Okay, I knew it. Okay, now I'm good. I don't need to go to church, I don't need to read the Bible, I need to pray, I don't need to be here. Why am I here? You know, that's one of the biggest, biggest problems with with christians a lot of times we know a lot about god but we don't know who he is you know even right now for me to tell you (coughs) yeah we need a relationship with god people yeah because god is a real god and we need a relationship with him and you're like yeah i need a relationship with him okay well now do you have a relationship with him Maybe, maybe not. Just because I told you you needed to have one doesn't mean that you automatically have a relationship with him, right? <coughs> so that's the same way, how we know God. We know God only by what maybe someone has told you. Okay. But we have to have a real, real relationship with God. Otherwise, otherwise we'll never know who he really is. I mean, you can, you can look at what he created and you can say that's awesome. But God wants us to know him in such a more deep and real way. He wants you to know that he's, he's a very personal God, that you don't need to, to have Ben up here tell you who God is, right? This is someone who you should be telling me, hey, this is who God is to me. So now if you think about that drawing that you drew, think of all the different, when you went around in the circle and you, you saw those different pictures, I saw some pretty creative creative drawings of 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 who you guys think God is and and all of that is correct. everything that you guys drew is absolutely correct, but my point is, do you honestly believe that that's who God is, and do you believe that that's maybe you think that oh that's it for God that's just who he is okay, let me let me explain it in another way. So let's say that you're trying to let's say that uh, Darcy and I are, are, are friends. Well, how, how do we know each other? Well, a lot of times we hang out, right? You would have to hang out with that person to know who who they are, right? You can't just say, oh yeah, Darcy and I, we have a, a great relationship, but then we've never met before, right? If If maybe Scott told me everything about Darcy and I'm like, yeah, he's this and that and this, but if I've never met him before, how do I really know who he is, right, and that's the same way with God, you know, you, someone can tell us all they can about God, but if we don't actually see God, if we, a- if we don't actually, if we're not touched by God, all of that is just an image in our, uh, what our imagination can, can contain of who God is, right. So when it comes to knowing God, there's actually something that we have to do as well, right? There's something that we have to do to put effort into knowing God, just like any friend that you might have, right? You, if you think of your best friend, how, do you, how, how did they become your best friend? Because you spent time with them, because you, you hang out with them, because you do things with them well, if we never have the desire to hang out with God or spend any time with God, there's no way that we'll know who he really is. You know, sometimes I hear people say, yeah, you know, when I pray to God, when I kneel down and pray, it's like I'm praying to the wall. Where is God? You tell me that, yeah, you tell me that he's with me right now, I don't feel him. You're sitting right here, and i I'm, I'm just told you, God is in your heart. He's sitting right next to you, and you're sitting there like, hmm, no, he's not. I don't feel anything. Are you in there? You don't feel anything. Well, why is that? <coughs> it's Because uh, most of the time, we don't have a desire to want to see God. For example, for example, if you were, uh, let's say, I, uh, what is your name again? Daniel from San Francisco, right? Let's say I, I said, "Hey, Daniel from San Francisco, let's." Uh, you know, a, as you get older, you tend to talk a lot more, and and it takes longer to express yourself. So, so you a lot of times you'll hear older people say, "Hey, let's go get a cup of coffee," or "Hey, let's go, uh, let's go chat," you know, "Hey, let's go hang out and we can we can catch up." What does that mean? It's to talk, right? So if I went to Daniel from San Francisco and said, hey, Daniel, there's a great coffee shop over here. Hey, let's sit down and, and, and have a little talk and so, so we, I can get to know you better. And then he's like, oh, okay, perfect. I'm free at 1 o'clock. And I'm like, cool, I'm free at 1 o'clock too. So we meet over there at the little cafe. I'm sitting there with my coffee. He's sitting there with his coffee. And then as soon as we sit down, I'm like, Okay, Daniel, blah, 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 blah. This is about me, blah, 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 blah. And as soon as I'm done talking, I am like, okay, get up and walk away. Daniel's sitting there like, okay, I thought you wanted to talk, right? Think of how your prayers are before God. Think about your interaction with God. Sometimes we think, God, I don't know who you are how come you're not real to me how come i don't see you how come everyone how come ben up here is telling me that god you're real but then i don't feel you i don't see you i don't you know i just know you because of what i've been told sometimes we don't give god a chance sometimes in our prayers (coughs) we sit down we pray lord you know thank you for this thank you for that please give me this please give me that help me with this Lord, I really need you to show me this. And you say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And what do you do? You get up and you walk out and your Xbox or turn on the TV or internet or and as soon as you say amen, God might have been, hey, I wanted to tell you that you're already walking over to the TV, right? God wanted to sh- tell you who he is. God wanted to show you something. He wanted to say something to you, but all of a sudden, where are we? We're doing other things, right? We don't give God a chance. Just like when I'm, if I were to meet with Daniel for coffee, I'm like, hey, I wanted to talk to you. Sat down with him. All I did was talk, and as soon as I'm done talking, I just walk away. Well, how do I know who he is if that's how we treat God? Like, God, I need this. I need that. Oh, I'm so desperate. I need your help. And then, in Jesus' name, I pray, amen, and then you're out. And God is like, he's, I wanted to tell you, but you're already gone. You know, that's how that's how we treat God most of the time, right? You come to church. Oh, man. It's early. Do I have to come? And then during the meeting, it's like, oh, when is this thing going to be over with? And as soon as the meeting's over, you're out the door. At lunchtime, sweet. You're out of the door, right? And then maybe God was like, oh, but I, I wanted to tell you something, you know? That's how we live our life with God, right? We just kind of whip him out whenever it's convenient for us, talk to him, and then we just put him, put him aside again. But how are we supposed to really know who God is? You know, we're never going to know who God really is just by having us know that, yeah, he's the creator, he's God, he sent his son to die on the cross for me. I sing songs that he's love and peace and he's faithful, he's graceful, he's merciful, He's all of this. But is do you really believe that? Have you really experienced how wonderful God is? When you sing, oh, Lord, you're so wonderful. Do you honestly think that God is wonderful? Or God, thank you, you're so gracious to me. Do you honestly think b- and believe that God is gracious to you? Or is that just some song that you are taught to sing? Or is that just some <coughs> Christian prayer Christian lingo that you are taught to use, do you honestly believe that God loves you? Or is, or is it just because you've been told? So it's really important for us to know who God is. But it's also, <coughs> there has to be something from our part as well, especially for Christians who believe, especially for those of us sitting here right now. You can't just be satisfied coming and going, coming and going in front of God, Right? Okay, God, I'm here. And then as soon as the time's up, ding, okay, I'm out of here. And God is sitting there waiting for you. He's waiting to give you a hug. For someone who's lonely, he's waiting for you to, to give you a hug. He's waiting to, to answer your prayer, but we don't give him a chance to. He's trying to hug us, and we're already out the door. <coughs> God is a very, very personal God. Just like our brother Scott mentioned earlier in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But what does the first line say? Draw near to God. We have to have the desire to draw near to God. God is not going to force himself upon you. He's not that kind of a God. He loves you. He He gives you the freedom to choose, right? He gives you the freedom to use your time however you want to use it. And that's up to you, whether, we want, whether you want to know God or not, whether you want to draw close to God or not. Let me use one example. You guys all know who Zacchaeus is in the Bible? You guys all know that song? Zacchaeus is a, was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed into a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, right? So let's turn and look at him. He's <coughs> it's uh, Luke chapter 19. So Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10, why don't we, why don't we have, um, no, just for the sake of time, I'll just read through it. I have the NASB version, but I know a lot of you might have different versions, so, <coughs> so read along with me, okay? So verse 19, chapter 19, verse 1 of Luke. And he entered and was passing through Jericho, and behold, there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax gatherer, and he was rich. And he was trying to see who Jesus was, and he was unable to because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. And he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. (coughs) And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. And when they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded any one of you, uh, one of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek to save that which was lost. So what does the story tell us about Zacchaeus? <coughs> he wanted to see God. He was a short little dude, right? And there's a lot of people in the crowd. And he wanted to see Jesus, and he's like, I can't see him. Where is he? I know he's w- someone said he's walking down this street. So what does he do? He wanted to see Jesus so badly that he climbed up into a sycamore tree. Sycamore trees are those huge trees. Those of you in Southern California will know a sycamore tree. They're the huge trees, right? So he climbed up there to look down, and he wanted to see Jesus. <coughs> and Jesus walked by, looked up stopped and looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm going to stay at your house tonight. You know, do we ever have that desire to see the Lord? To see God? You know, you're all sitting right here in a crowd right now. God knows who has a desire to want to see him. Zacchaeus was in the middle of a huge crowd. How did the Lord know that hey, Zacchaeus is up there. He's, he's the guy up there. He wants to look at me. He wants to find me. How does he know that? You guys are all sitting here in a big crowd. I can't tell if, if you really, really want to see God or not, but God knows. God knows if, if, if you want to see him. <coughs> and what did he do? He climbed up into a tree to see him, and then Jesus said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. If you have the desire to see God, God will draw near to you. If we have the desire to draw near to God, God will draw near to us. What happens when God draws near to to us and we draw near to him? We we know who he is. We see who he is. All of that stuff that you know in your head about who God is is totally thrown out. And you see God for who he is. You see that God loves you so much. You see that God not only created the heavens and the earth and died for you, but but he wants to have a relationship with you. You know, that little thing that I created, that little piece of thing. Would you want to have a relationship with that? Probably not, but God wants to have a relationship with that. God wants to have a relationship with the people that he formed out of dust. And we have to realize that. But we have to have a desire to see God. We have to know that God is a very personal God. <laughs> Not only that, look, look at Zacchaeus' response in verse 6. Says, and he hurried and came down and received him gladly. Do we receive the Lord gladly? A lot of times we're in trouble and we're like, oh, Lord, I need you. I want to see you. Where are you, Lord? I need you. And we climb up there and the Lord's like, here I am. I'm going to come to you. Come down here so I can. And then we're like, oh, okay, I saw you. All right, see ya. Zacchaeus, he hurried, came down, and gladly received the Lord. <coughs> Do we really gladly receive the Lord into our lives? Or is he just, we're just like, okay, yeah, I know who God is. Yeah, been there, done that. I know who he is. We don't have a real relationship with God. We can't be satisfied with that, right? So (coughs) that—that's what God wants from us. He wants to have a real relationship with us. He wants to be there for your every need. He wants to be there when you're down in the pits. He wants to be there when you're rejoicing. He wants to be there when you—when you miss the basketball shot when the clock was going down, and he also wants to be there when you make that shot and you win the game. He wants you to be there when you fail your test. He wants to be with you when you ace that test. He wants to be always with you. But a lot of times we don't allow him to be with us. We push him aside. We're like, I already know you, God. I already know who you are. My Sunday school teacher told me who you are. My middle school counselors in church told me who you are. I don't need need a relationship with you. I already know who you are. But we really don't know who God is until we draw near to him he has so much to show us he, has so, he really wants to, you to know that he is a God of love and the next, the next time you sing these songs think do I really believe that that's who God is God of wonders beyond our galaxy do we really believe that or is it, are we just singing this song Lord I love you are you just singing that song, or do you really love the Lord? Lord, thank you for loving me. Do we really believe and accept his love, or are we just singing that? <coughs> do we know God just because someone told us that? No, we, God wants us to have a real relationship with him. Look at what happened to Zacchaeus. What would cause a rich guy to, to all of a sudden sell all of his possession, give to the poor, and give four times back to, you know, anyone he took money from. What would cause that? Because he saw the Lord. He saw God. He saw that God was real, and God changed his life. You would think, for any of us, we would think, what an idiot. Why would he sell all his money, give to the poor, and just randomly dish out money to everyone? Why? What would cause him to do that? It's because he saw the Lord. He saw how precious the Lord's life was. He saw that the Lord was real. And that's the same God that we can see today if we just have the desire to want to see him. If we are able to, (coughs) if you want to see God, we have to climb up into our sycamore tree and I want to see you, Lord. You could be sitting right here and you'd think that no no one really notices you, but God sees you. God will pick out those in this, uh, in this audience right now who really want to know who he is. So I really hope that when we think about who God is, even as we leave from this room, even as we leave from this conference on a daily basis, when you think of who God is, who is he? Who is he to you? Is he real to you? Or, or do you just know him like you know Abraham Lincoln? You might truly believe that there is a God. You might truly believe that that He had us, he, he has a Son, and He died for us. You can honestly believe that, but that's not enough. That doesn't bring you to the point where you really know who God is. So we need to we need to spend time with Him. So <coughs> why don't we just take a moment and uh, and. Uh, Close your eyes and we'll all bow our heads. And I want you to—I want you to honestly come before God. In the past, if you—if you—if you've never experienced God before, you can draw near to God right now. You can—you can—you can—he uh, can be so real to you, and he's—he can't wait to show you that he's a real God. But if we don't have the desire to want to see God, then, then we're never going to know who He really is. We'll just know who He is. We'll just know what He looks like from those from the pictures that you saw in in like the children's books. So let's let's go ahead and uh, <coughs> take a minute and just and just quietly pray before the Lord and 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 be honest with God and say, God, you know, I know a lot about you, but I want to know who you really are. You know, I know you created the heavens and the earth. I know you created me from dust. And, and I've been told that, that you love me. But Lord, I really want to know who you are. So take a moment, pray, and then, and then we'll close in a word of prayer together. Lord, we want to thank you for not only being our creator, but you are a God who wants to have fellowship with us. You are a God who wants to walk with us. You're a God who wants to care for us. Lord, help us to see that. Open up our eyes so that we can truly know who you are. But Lord, I really pray that you would give us a desire to want to know you more. Give us a desire to want to see you just like Zacchaeus did. Give us a desire to want to be changed by you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to change all of the things we know about you into something that is real, something that, is, that we can hold on to. And Lord, I just really pray for my young brothers and sisters here. I pray that you would touch their heart and touch their lives in a real way. Lord, I pray that you would shine your glory upon them, allow uh, allow them to taste and see uh, what your glory is all about. Lord, I thank you for, uh, for gathering us here this morning, and thank you for all my young brothers and sisters here. And Lord, we lift up the rest of this conference into your hands, pray that your blessing would be upon it. We ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> so... So i hope that when we leave today that you won't forget that, that you won't just walk out of here and be like oh yeah someone told me i needed to have another relationship with god i've heard that before but but honestly you know be real to yourself you know do you really know who god is and and at night when you're laying in your bed think about think about that and you can always come before god and say god i want Show me more of who you are. Okay, so anyway, our um, we can have lunch a little bit earlier. So, um, so that'll be an- the end of our meeting here. Do we have any announcements? Do you want to? Scott will make some more announcements. Oh, yeah! Before this afternoon, this afternoon after the singing time with with the uh, Wu, you guys are all everyone's supposed to be w- singing at three. Two fifty. Oh, that's your announcement. Oh, sorry. No, um, they're supposed to they're gonna follow a guy with uh, Group number 45 thing. 45? 45. Group number 45. That's what they're
1: saying. the other groups around?
3: No. <laughs> yeah. So they're supposed to follow the guy with the sign.
1: You guys know the announcement song? No, that's good. I won't teach it to you. It's very disrespectful. Um. So a few announcements. As we mentioned before, um, we, we have lunchtime starting from the end of this meeting. And uh, it continues on till 2 o'clock, but you can hopefully eat much faster than that. And uh, starting at about 1 o'clock, there are uh, sports activities outside. So volleyball, um, softball, I think, and baseball uh, instead of softball. Basketball. The swimming pool is open. It costs $3.50 for today and tomorrow, and um, the Singspiration starts at 2.50 p.m. It's in the main chapel, and it's for um, everyone, all ages, and then after the Singspiration, there'll be um, junior high school activities, so um, follow them. They'll have a, a sign for you. Number 45 is supposedly the number, but it may just be any random sign, but you'll see them. At the end of the meeting, you can just follow them outside and we'll have um, some kind of activities, play games like capture the flag and so on. Julie? Oh, no. It's uh, There'll be different people helping every day and they maybe will choose different activities for you. And uh, yes? To that, but I assume that they have a lifeguard and they charge three dollars and fifty cents, so that would seem to indicate that they have lifeguards and that you can just go. That's it. Any questions? Mary, oh, yeah, sorry. And can uh, for those of you who um, borrowed pens, can you um, bring them back up here to the front and hand them to me? Thank you.